Welcome to Alligator Preserves, everyone. I'm Laurel McCarg, host of your show today. And I have, oh my gosh, I always have special guests. But this guest is from Canada, all the way from Canada. You are going to meet a wonderful artist, an all-around person today. Her name is Darlene Kulig. So don't go anywhere. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. Darlene, welcome to Alligator Preserves. Thank you, Laurel, for having me. I am absolutely delighted to share with the world how we met, what you're doing, because you're doing some absolutely fabulous things from from what I have learned. I did a little research about you, if that was okay. And I know you're originally from Ottawa and you moved to Toronto to study at the Ontario College of Art and Designs where you won one of six students to win an award on your outstanding potential in visual arts, graduating as an associate of the Ontario College of Art and Design. So I I see behind you, as you probably see behind me and around me, some beautiful things. I think we have a lot in common. Yeah. Beauty is a wonderful thing too. Yeah. Passionate thing. It is for sure. So. I want to let everyone know, first of all, how we met. And I think you started it. And so I want to know how you found, how did you find the book Piece by Piece, 10 Lessons from a Jigsaw Puzzle, which I wrote with my friend Nadine Collier. How did you find this? That's a really interesting question, but I know I found it. I I don't know. (laughs) I forget sometimes, but I jump on it. I somehow through the, maybe the puzzling community. Yes. They are voracious sharers maybe so i think so so i all of a sudden i saw this wonderful bit from you that you had read this and you and you enjoyed (laughs) it and and could you send me a puzzle and of course i'm like well yes of course you can send me a puzzle and how do that often I, i random gift and it's been the most magical thing what grows from that Yes. Yeah. And I do the same with my books and it, and it really is amazing. I I give away so many things, which I think is just a good thing to do. But um, I I asked you, of course, well, could you send one to my friend Nadine too, since she worked this book with me. And so I was actually in Michigan, uh, went, went to Chicago to see a Nelton John concert with Nadine over her birthday weekend. And by the time we got back to her house, the puzzle that you had sent her was already there outside Vienna. Vienna, yes. Yes. And so we opened that and oh my goodness, because let me tell you, these are challenging puzzles. Yes, that is my most challenging of the five titles with pomegranate. And what makes a puzzle most challenging in your perspective? I think it is the amount of detail with similar values of color. So there's a lot of flowers, the huge flower fields in that puzzle. Yes. Yes, we we struggled and I didn't complete it before I had to go home and she completed it and sent me some videos. But when I got home, <laughs> Gustav's cat was waiting for me. That's and my first puzzle. Yeah, I absolutely had a blast doing it so that that's that's kind of how we met. And it was wonderful. Yeah. 
So are you a puzzler? I have to say I am not. Okay. I make paintings for puzzlers. Um, I actually did buy for myself a Frank Stella puzzle because you'll get to know me through the nerds, right? I've got a connection with the puzzle nerds. Yes. So they opened a shop. So sorry, I have to move around. Move around. Absolutely move around. I'm going to this one because I couldn't, I couldn't bear to do my own puzzles. That would just be, I don't know, strange, but my husband, who's not a puzzler has done every one of my puzzles only does my puzzles. So that he's a keeper. He's a keeper. Yep. (laughs) So you're, you're a painter first, right? Graphic designer first. Graphic designer first. So how did you go from graphic design? You're talking on a computer on tech stuff. Right. When uh, I left OCAD and needed to pay rent and, you know, make a life that, that had things that cost money. So I started my own graphic design studio after about four years working for a gentleman from Montreal. Yeah. And about 20 years I did that and it was a great career. It allowed me to be flexible, raising a family Uh, It really built my toolbox, right? I had a great 20 years with corporate work, problem solving, working with clients. It it was excellent. So that's what you did before you started painting. And I think I read somewhere you started painting just 10 years ago. Well, probably longer than that. I, I mentioned to you that I we lost a dear friend, um, Cynthia Stelgis, to cancer about 16 years ago. And I took care of her. We were both women artists and women business entrepreneurs. And she encouraged me to not forget that I had art to create rather than just a business to run. And at that point, our kids were older. Life was pretty steady and stable. I was able to move away from the graphic design and then find my beautiful signature work through needing to grieve her. And I encourage people to, with loss, to find, to move through it and find joy. So I, Cynthia's in my brush every day. That's beautiful. I have, I have a a friend in Israel whose mother has Alzheimer's and she has a blog called The Lost Kitchen. And, Uh, you know, with this being Hanukkah, she talks about lighting a candle every day and how it reminds her that darkness can be vanquished. Yeah. Well, joy and grief can go coexist. Light and dark can coexist. It's finding that space to allow both. It's a tricky thing, but certainly art writing something that you can express yourself is really powerful. Mm -hmm. Now I follow you. I follow you on Instagram, and I think everybody out there should. And for those of you who are just listening to the audio, you really need to jump over to my YouTube page and see this in video because you're going to see this tremendous artwork that Darlene creates. But uh, this morning, I looked at a post of yours and you were painting, and you said that it's a challenge to find a quiet place (laughs) to balance with the activity. And and at first I thought you meant a quiet place as in your studio, but I heard piano music in the background. But then I realized you were talking about a quiet place 
in your art. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about that. Well, the Japanese concept of ma is emptiness with presence. So my work is so vibrant, so colorful that it, I need to create pauses. And if anyone is a musician, I mean, the powerful quality of a rest in music is equivalent to finding a, a quieter space in a painting. Same. And so be my studio, quite frankly, it is. It's, it's to be interpreted as you wish, right? On so many levels, just that peaceful kind of space. Yeah. All right. Same, same thing with writing. You can only do so much with dialogue or with exposition or with, until you need to give the reader a break, a, a time to reflect a little comedic interlude if something's very heavy. Same. Absolutely. A lot of overlap. I mean, one of my biggest tools, as with Frank Lloyd Wright, is rhythm. So I create as he did. Pattern was powerful for him. But movement and momentum and speed and then pause. And then so rhythm is amazing in a story, a movie, and uh, in a painting. Your work is described as semi-abstract spiritual landscape. And each painting is dotted with your signature effervescent champagne bubbles. Now, when I first saw the the bubbles that you have here, I didn't see them as champagne bubbles. So who who decided they were champagne bubbles? I actually saw some avocados in there. Oh my gosh. Well, that was sort of the the initial genesis of the champagne bubble. I don't know if I quite hit it there. It came into being more so in outside Vienna. Okay. Yes. And honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to flip you around if you're okay. Here. Flip me around. And again, if you're just listening, you got to check this out because we're going to have a little bit of a studio tour here. Yeah. So these champagne bubbles, these are my pickle people from Troon, Scottsdale. They can be stars. Uh, they can be sort of bubbles moving around again, kind of musical too, right? Yes. In, Space. They are my magical energy from a yoga retreat. Oh. And of course, they've got to be snow. Yes. Yeah. So it's a graphic device that the story with the outside Vienna is that I was on my own. This is a my train ride, high speed from Prague to Vienna on my own. I left my husband in Prague on business. I didn't leave my husband. I always have to clear. <laughs> that no children they were all adults so I treated myself I went to Vienna and I stayed at the uh, Meridian Le Meridian and they had a Moet champagne cafe on the main floor so I sat there on my own with my glass of champagne photographing the ringstrass and the streetcars and there were bubbles going up in my glass and that was it it was like freedom and effervescence and just everything then had the champagne bubble. And, and release. And it's rising up. It's awakening. It's, it represents so many wonderful things in even Buddhist teachings, which I did a lot of reading through COVID to rise up. Uh, so it's, I think it suits my work and just who I am beautifully. 
And and it is a signature piece. It's something that people will recognize once they start following you and that's and right. Buying your projects and having fun with them. You said that when you travel, you take hundreds of photos because you know we get to the inspiration, right? You've gone to different places. The champagne gave the inspiration for the bubbles. How do you from hundreds of paintings and from hundreds of photos, how do you choose which one to do a, a large work of art from? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I feel the spirit of the place. So whatever photograph, even if it's just a piece of the spirit, if that makes sense, because I'm not, a, I'm, I don't want to be a camera and, and reproduce a photograph. Right. It might even just be the photo that in that moment I felt or, or something happened in terms of my experience of the place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the beauty of these iPhones. You can snap forever. And um, I sort of piece together things uh, of the journey that I, the journeys that I go on. And on your, on your website, you'll see the piece that you've created and the photo that was your inspiration. And I found that fascinating because (laughs) in some there's, there's the house with some flowers in the front and then your piece, the flowers, uh, yeah, and they take over, and the house is definitely there. But yeah, yeah this, this, yeah, thing. I got to make it interesting. I'm a gardener as well. I'm a baker. I, oh, I like Maurice Sondak's work, where the wild things oh, are. Yeah. Yeah. I kitchen. I actually saw an opera that he designed the sets, Hansel and Gretel, which was amazing. But it's almost like he pipes out his illustrations, and I almost feel that way in terms of um, what I'm working on. It's almost as if it's just oozy and drippy and do- doughy and and just yes. so what, and- what you're what you're showing us now. Um, you say you always start with a dark canvas. Yes, so talk to, uh, show us a little bit of your process because this one that you're showing us now. Do you have a title for this one? Is uh, your penguin one? Penguin pilgrimage, something to do with pilgrimage. And uh, around this time of the year, I tend to do stuff that maybe has a bit of a magi, the three kings, the coming to a special birth, rebirth, something. Mm-hmm. But there's a pilgrimage aspect to this one, for sure. This was um, my girlfriend, well, my, made a, one of my bridesmaids. She, it was her dream cruise to the Antarctica that she just got back from. And penguins have always been her little sweet thing, everything from my friend Cuddy has punk penguins. So I'm kind of doing this for me and I, I'm doing it also from her reference. Okay. So yeah, I just go, I riff off of stuff that I see that moves me and away I go. So you have that dark, I see, I saw that dark brown canvas. And then on that, is it chalk? What do you? Yes. So I then chalk up with, and again, this process evolved. I chalk it up. I then use a wet rag to remove lines and to edit it as I see fit. I'm learning now less is more. And then as Matisse said, one of my favorite quotes is, I don't paint things, I paint the difference between things. So I literally paint on either side of that brown line that you can probably still see there is that brown line in there. Mm-hmm. So there again, you can see my canvas in there that it ties everything together. Yes. So it's like adult coloring. Everything is all there. I just fill in the shapes with color. 
You certainly do. And it makes it, it as a puzzler, it makes it difficult, really difficult, because so many of the things are similar and fuzzy. There, there are no really clean, hard edges. That Gustav's was probably, again, the earliest before I really got into more of an, an outline, a more clear, defined shape. So that one was diff- was more difficult for a different reason, Gustav's cat. But there's a funny story about, well, my favorite story about Gustav's cat was it was the first puzzle done by a young married couple, newlyweds in pandemic out of Washington. So they'd never done a puzzle. <sighs> Out of all the puzzles, I can't even believe that people find my work. They, he reached out to me and bought Gustav's cat the painting, which I believe paintings wait for their owners, their forever home. Yeah. And then in pandemic, he, he commissioned Balloon Ride in the Tatra Mountains, which is the cover of my wall calendar and also a birthday card. So he commissioned that as a surprise gift for his wife as um, I think it was their second anniversary. So not a painting I ever would have imagined doing. However, I mean, people really relate to it. And we've become kind of friends. He actually just sent me a note. He's gotten taken on a job as a liaison um, with uh, in the energy sector in Calgary. So they've got a huge giant laurel. They've got a giant puzzle table at this big energy company. So he just placed an order this morning for me to send my puzzles to his new place of employment in Calgary. I want to work for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I want that's the, yeah, seriously, a big puzzle table. It's and the thing about puzzles is it uses both sides of your brain, divergent and convergent. So there's something really clever about what it gives us. Right. Give us a bit of progress, a bit of dopamine that just getting your brain into that problem solving mode. Once you leave the puzzle, you actually are more effective in whatever challenge you might have on your desktop. So there's a reason that people do these things. Right. Other than, you know, OCD, which (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you can become a bit. And again, I think the idea of having a puzzle and having that project, in addition to, you know, finding that piece that fits and it just feels so good, is that you can complete it. Yes. And, and we all want a sense of progress. Yes. A relatively short period of time, depending on if, if you're working it yourself or working it with well, someone else. Well, here's another thing. I had a puzzler pair in a puzzling competition. This is a thing. There were 20 pairs, so 20 teams, and they came in sixth. And I love people take the time to send me this. They all, this was wrapped tight, so no one could see it. So I don't know. The word go, they ripped open their package. 20 pairs, 40 people did this puzzle. Her team with her mom, they came in sixth. Their time was, I believe, 50 minutes, 22 seconds. The winning time was 36 minutes. Wait, for was it a thousand pieces? 500. 500. Okay. Wow. But that's still. still. <laughs> <laughs> that's still really good. Oh, because I was never really a puzzle until until Nadine, you know, decided we were going to do one at one of her visits with me. 
And she is a prolific puzzler. And boy, does she see things. And she showed me the, the spatula method of if, if you're working oh. on something outside the frame, you can then lift it and place it and, you know, just. Oh, it's a whole thing, man. They're, they actually take like doing the 100 meter dash. They will do exercises <laughs> to flip, 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 turn. It's pretty serious. And the sorting and, and all of that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. wonderful. Some people will never do the same puzzle twice. I definitely will. I mean, I will definitely do this one again. There are, there are puzzles I will definitely do again because they're just delightful and so much fun. And you love to see the finished product bigger than even just looking at, at it on the box. The story of that puzzle too was that uh, that's Emily Floge on the front. She was a fashion designer back in Vienna and Gustav Klimt's lifelong partner. So she, with her sister and mother, ran a fashion house before the war. In her own right, she was a bohemian entrepreneur goddess who introduced trousers to women. So now you get that puzzle from a whole other, and of course she was caretaker because she's trying to put that cat while he's busy in the studio. So took me a while to find the cat. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. You tell me about the when you were commissioned to travel by train and paint the mountains for a Canadian Rocky series. That was tell me about that adventure. That sounds fabulous. Bucket list, bucket list. Um, believe it or not, my yoga teacher who inspired that painting that's actually Cynthia, but she's the tree. Works for Rocky Mountaineer, and I think it was my husband that suggested. Why don't you pitch the idea of riding the trains and painting? And it took a while and we got that to happen. It was absolutely remarkable. And from that painting series, again, my publisher sees that's um, the painting that hangs in the head office of Rocky Mountaineer. It's the uh, bridge across the Fraser River. So you can see there's a Rocky Mountain train there. Oh, Um, so there actually were several um, paintings that they, they got to, I did a whole series, which mostly they have all sold. And you were on the train alone. Did you take this trip alone? My came with me. So we had started out in Vancouver, rode the gold leaf service, which was phenomenal photographed the entire journey and somewhere in here actually are all my um, sketches that I did for the Rocky Mountaineer. Yeah. So basically I presented them with sketches from the entire journey, starting with a little general store. There's the sketch for that card you just saw. That's a gorgeous sketch. I mean, that I know. <laughs> I hear you on that. So I actually saved these. I'm going to, I found them again. So I think they got this painting. Anyway, there's oh, there's so many paintings. There's hikers in here at Agnes Lake. We hiked up to the tea house. So I chronicled, just as you would use language and words, I did a picture, a little line drawing in chronicling the entire journey from Vancouver to uh, Banff is where we ended up. And then we drove to Lake Louise. Did you do the line drawings? Without from photographs or from photographs? I just clicked the whole way through and had hundreds of photographs to, to go through. Amazing. I think you also have a little bit of a Dr. Seuss quality. 
in your oh, life. I love this. Yeah, he's, oh, I love him. I had a gentleman at, a, at the McMichael uh, Gallery here outside of Toronto look at my work. There was an event there and he stood back and he just said, Dr. Seuss meets Emily Carr. And I, okay, I can live with that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love it. So, and again, whimsical and all that. I can't believe you haven't done any of your own puzzles. I help when my husband gets stuck. How about that? <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's weird doing your own work. But yes. So I'll do this. I'll do the Stella. And I've done a couple other strange puzzles that the nerds gave me because they've okay. got a real line of puzzles. Okay. Um, you do, you do these gorgeous cards, greeting cards too. I mean, you have so many things that people who want to get to know you better can get in on. And as you see, if you can see my, my yes, back here, I've already got January filled out. Oh my 23 calendar. And it is, uh, it's beautiful. Yes. The and, balloon. Yeah. And the January I actually those are my children as icebergs I have painted my children as dogs as cows I've also done portraits of all my children as well <laughs> not as animals and animals yes no that is uh tr truly they they exist as cows and dogs and icebergs so how do they feel about that they're okay they're they they just, yeah it's mom sure <laughs> So I read somewhere that you are planning your next travel destination for a new series. Oh, it's a challenge is picking which trip. We're thinking Iceland to see the Northern Lights, which would be March. I would love to do a driving trip from Taos, New Mexico, uh, through to San Diego. I want actually to, we're going to drive to see Mount Robson. That's a, a must-see for a Canadian painter. Lauren Harris painted Mount Robson. It's the highest peak in the Rockies. Okay. Well, what about the highest peak in Colorado Rockies? I'd come down. You know, people often invite me if they've got a, a, you know, a beautiful space that they love, place that they love, or send me pictures. I've got, actually got friends in Denver, so that is on my list of places to go. Well, that's right up the road. It's just a two-hour jaunt from where I am. And we have the Sawatch Mountain Range in our front oh, yard. And beautiful. They, they are glorious. So you don't know exactly where you're going next? I would love to go to Iceland as well, my husband and I both. And the challenge, we chose to get a puppy, which is fine. So leaving him is a little bit of a challenge. And there might be that it's going to be a driving trip. Believe it or not, in COVID, we delivered a commission for a twin, a twin here in Mississauga commissioned Waterton Park and her twin in Lethbridge, Alberta. She was a judge commissioned a larger version of that painting. So we were so bored. We, we drove across the country <laughs> to deliver this. And it was remarkable. It was unbelievable to do that. So driving trips are great. I agree. And yeah, talk about service. Holy mackerel. That's uh, pretty darn good. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny. She sort of got, she was tricky to, to sort of 
connect with, well, we're coming, right? What are you going to be? She wasn't even there. Her assistant let us come through the courthouse to deliver this painting. It was quite funny. What's the largest canvas you've ever done? Oh, a uh, commission of the prairies that was, uh, I think, 42 by 84. Ooh, that's big. That ought to be wide if you're doing the prairies. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Oh, my gosh, I want to see that, too. Mm-hmm. There would be, I'm assuming you're happy living where you're living now. If you could live, paint, work anywhere in the universe, where would it be? Uh, I mean, this is home. It's been home for a long time. I don't know, East Coast, we're getting a vibe of maybe heading out there and exploring New Brunswick, maybe a place. I don't know. So much beauty in this glorious country. Absolutely. My dad was born in New Brunswick. He wasn't even nationalized till he was over in World War II, which is kind of cool. I'm planning, along with Nadine, my friend and her daughter, Sarah, we are going to Prince Edward Island um, in the fall, and uh, the goal is to make our way all the way around it. So I was looking at your Prince Edward Island series as well. Well, PEI, my husband's sister has a place there, a beautiful spot, and there's something so restorative about that island. And I've got an art consultant out of the States who has my work in the Mayo Clinic, And the Mayo actually commissioned a huge pair of my PEI pieces that hang in the hematology department. So hopefully people can just sort of bring down their, their breathing. And yeah, I think my, my work does both. It can calm you and it can also elevate you. Excite. Yeah. And inspire Mm. for sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because again, you know, we lived in Leadville for 12 years and at 10,200 feet elevation here in Salida, I think we're at about 74,000 feet. Prince Edward Island is going to be sea level. So (laughs) I could probably just jog around the whole 400 and however many miles of it, you know, in a couple of days. That's there you go. (laughs) And yeah, it's a beautiful Island, beautiful people. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing you've never been bored in your life. Oh, sure. Boredom is a great thing. Oh, is it? Tell me about boredom. Well, boredom really lets you see yourself and maybe explore and kind of figure out what's making you tick or not tick. And and learning to be okay with just staying a little quiet. It's a good thing. And then when you're really bored, then I'm really ready to paint. I get that. Yeah. It's a really necessary break. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know that I've actually felt bored since I was really young. I remember summer vacations, love summer vacations from school, but always couldn't wait to get back to school. I guess that's kind of like what you're saying. You need breaks. You need rests. Absolutely. You can't see your life if you don't take a little bit of a breather from it. Mm-hmm. Which is what travel, the Dalai Lama says, you must leave your life and then see it with fresh eyes. Right. Maybe that's why COVID has hit us to make everybody stay home and just isolate uh, a little. <laughs> well, it forced me to definitely go inward and a 
big part of my practice now is the letting go paddles. I don't know if you looked at those. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's based off of a book I read. I don't know if you've seen this one, Laurel, letting go. No, I have not. Okay. So for all those years, I'll let it go. Let what? How? So the book is literally a mechanism to find courage, willingness, reasoning, all those things above in a positive place. So I'd done paddles for charities, Camp Ooch, um, Cancer Camp for Kids. Um, and, and I'd never thought to do them for the public until I read the book. So these are beautiful oars with, you know, they're pretty. They're gorgeous. And my signature stripes. But the back is my rising champagne bubble. <sighs> Literally, the back is a meditation paddle. So you can go inward and sort of try and rise up and find, find courage. Maybe get to here. Willingness. The Buddha lived at the top of the paddle. And people live in a such a narrow bandwidth. Maybe fearful finding, you know, just bogged down with a lot of negative emotion. So COVID allowed me to look at that and, and really release myself from a lot of that. This would probably be a good time to talk about Craig Kulig. Yes, yes. We lost our nephew, Craig. Gosh, again, I guess it's six years ago. You lose track. Mm. Yeah, so he was 23. And it was a horrible thing to witness as anyone who's lost a loved one to cancer. And my, my son, Kurt, is the same age as Craig. So we are grateful. So my brother, Bruce, has a fundraising goal of $100,000 to fund cancer research at the Ottawa Hospital. So through COVID, a wonderful mask maker found me. And it was sort of one of these, do I want to do it? And she said, every artist I've approached is doing it for a charity. And I said, I'm in Craig Kulig Memorial Fund. We raised about $24,000. Everything went to... Ottawa Hospital. I'm now partnered with them. The next thing, if we can get it off the ground, is going to be wearable art in a t-shirt that will again be a fundraising endeavor for Craig Kulig Memorial Fund and uh, Cancer Research. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, take us on a little tour around your studio. Show us what you have uh-huh. there. And are things going to disappear from your walls pretty soon? You know what? When it's their time, it's I am so letting go of having any expectation. And it's it's been yeah, it's been a great thing when when you know the right person is is coming to collect something that's been waiting for them. Or sometimes it sells right off of my um easel, which has happened as well. Okay. So well, this is again my trip to Scottsdale. Yeah. And listening to the coyotes. Can see them down there, being at the moon. Yes. My friends view. Well, of course, all my puzzles. My work's in Canadian embassies too. So my dear girlfriend from high school um, has me uh, pillows as well in the Canadian embassies. Yeah. So there's always. Well, this will be my penguin series. 
And strangely, I always sort of put a bit of my own life in here. Recently, well, still in progress, my father-in-law down in Costa Rica, we've got to get him. He's had some pretty serious health issues. So all five of his children went down to Costa Rica. So there they are. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, to collect uh, dear Roy, who always asks about my art. He's my biggest fan. So yeah, this is um, a little diptych of fishers that I photographed and my little wall of smalls, my black church. It's not everything. This is the one that you were talking about finding a quiet place. That's the quiet place. Yeah. Sure. Which is hard for me to leave that quiet. But this was a reject idea for a commission that my client, she picked a fjord, which was a beautiful painting, which you can see on my Instagram. Oh, and then a client, their child, the children of a client asked me to do her cane. So I did another one. If you're <laughs> going to do one, may as well do two. Yes. Oh, and these are my prayers too. And this was about ego and self, these tondos. What's a tondo? These are circular, rotundo painting in the round. Okay. So even in the, when the light goes off at night, they literally are a light source on their own. Mm. But the, yeah, I really, yeah, I'm going to be doing more of these circles. They they just calm me down. So that's sort of where I'm at. Oh, yes. So the, this is uh, if children come if they bring <sighs> me a. Dr- I will give them some of my art. So I encourage everyone to make art. And then oh, Brain Pickings Weekly, I don't know if you follow them. It's a, weekly, it's a weekly newsletter now called The Margellinian. Wonderful books. Anyway, The Shadow Elephant is the most beautiful story about being okay with sad. Phenomenal oh. illustrations. And melancholy is okay. I wish people wouldn't give it such a bad rap, right? So I find great and peace in this space. No question about it. I'm I'm learning. I'm learning that melancholy and sad is okay. I'm learning that. Slowly. Yeah, embrace it instead of being afraid or, or fixing it, right? Oh. Thinking it's wrong, thinking it's not normal. Validated. It's all really, all emotions are are okay. Yeah, we need to understand that. I agree. And thank you for bringing that up as well. Do you have a favorite color? Well, I said cerulean blue, turquoise. Oh, And then, of course, pink is unconditional love, which is um, in the card I did for my mom. Strangely, again, pink in here, too. This is the, the painting I did for my dad when he passed. Um, and he passed... Oh, gosh, three winters ago, December. This is the painting I did for Craig, which hangs in the Ottawa Hospital Oncology Department. Really tough to do. Uh, And there is a painting in here that I did for my mom as well. There it is. So there's my mom in the sky. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Right? But that's my mom. So pink is unconditional love. Turquoise is very spiritual. Uh, yeah, and beauty, yeah, abounds. Just mix everything and, yeah, find what you like. My favorite color is green. Always has been. Ever since I've known color, my favorite color has oh. been green, unquestioningly. 
Well, then Gustav's cat is the puzzle for you. I know. There's a lot of green in that. Yeah. My my mom was a painter as well, um, as is her her cousin in Boston. You could see behind me, I've got that um, Faneuil Hall Marketplace, which is quite vibrant. Carol Carney, she's a well-known uh, watercolorist in, in Boston. So. Oh, that's a tough medium. Good for her. Very giving um, watercolor. It is. It is. Darlene, is there anything else you would like our listeners and viewers to know about you, your work? Lighten up, have fun, be grateful, all that stuff that we keep hearing all the time, but it's a practice. It's really a good, yeah, and making stuff, whatever. Just make something, even do a puzzle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even do a puzzle. Come come visit me. Yeah. I'll, I'll so one person working on a puzzle, it, it tends to attract another person. And then you're connected. It's a it's a good way around the holidays, too, which can be a little tricky. To just get everyone working together on something. Yeah. It, yes. And make sure that you are working with people who can work together. Some people get very competitive. Well, that can be fun, too. <laughs> oh, puzzles show you a lot about people, for sure. They do. Darlene, will you come visit me in Colorado sometime? You bet. I'm there. And I want to come visit you in Canada. Anytime. We're 10 minutes from the airport. I'll come pick you up. Oh, wonderful. Darlene, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. I will look forward to sharing your work with others. And once I get the videos done of me doing this puzzle and with Nadine doing her puzzle, I'll get them up too. And I'll attach that to, to this. Thank you, Earl. It was my absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, piece by piece, wonderful read. Yeah, we're all making things, right? It's a good, good place. It is a very good place. Bringing beautiful, whimsical, fun, lighthearted, wonderful art to the world in its many forms. Darlene, keep painting, keep being awesome. And I look forward to our continued friendship. Absolutely. Thank you, Laurel. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.